Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planner Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC shares his planning approach to help people toward a place where they may be at peace regarding their financial goals. In this dynamic podcast, Royal will share his insights on how to design a retirement plan to help you plan for your future. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley from Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Today we're going to be talking about Dave Ramsey's baby steps and, and some of the things that Royal does in his practice to incorporate these. Good morning, Royal. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Looking forward to uh, getting into this. Uh, this is a, a process that I go through quite often with clients, and I think it'll be good to be able to kind of share this with people where they can go back and, and listen to all the specifics uh, about uh, Dave Ramsey and uh, his baby steps. Fantastic. All right, before we get too deep into this, what's new with you, Royal? Just uh, getting ready here. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we're going to take my daughter down to Disneyland next week. Oh, but we haven't really told her where we're going yet. She loves going to hotels and she always talks about, are we going to go to a hotel and how many sleeps are we going to have? <laughs> That's, That's awesome. how she counts the number of uh, nights we're staying. And so I told her we're, we're going down, we're going to stay at a hotel for, for three nights. And she's like, what about four sleeps? And she's negotiating these <laughs> yes. sleeps with me. Yeah, uh, and it's pretty adorable. And and she has no idea where we're going. She's been to Disneyland before, and uh, but we've told her it has a pool, which is uh, I think the most important thing to her. Yeah, and, and we've we've told her it's near a park. So oh, <laughs> she'll she'll be I think happily surprised when we get down there. Exactly, she'll she'll recognize which park it is very quickly. I'm sure. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, let's jump into Dave Ramsey's baby steps. Where are we starting today? I thought I might just touch on uh, my relationship with Dave Ramsey. Uh, I've used Dave Ramsey for probably 10, 15 years now as a way of helping clients just to kind of navigate maybe getting their financial house in order. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very simple, systematized way of looking at your financial situation and improving it in gradual steps you can take without overwhelming yourself. I think so many people just look at all the things that they have in front of them that they need to do to start preparing, paying off debt, saving for the future, saving for college, paying off the house, and just get a feeling of overwhelm. Mm -hmm. The Dave Ramsey program is really geared to cut up each of those stages of life and move people towards, I think, financial freedom. And, you know, the name of his, his university that gets put on at uh, various churches or other uh, community organizations, Financial, financial Peace University, mm -hmm. that, that's really what those baby steps are geared for, is, is achieving financial peace, however you, you might define that. Mm -hmm. I'm also the uh, a, a Smart Vester Pro, which is a program where if you're a Dave Ramsey listener, you can go to find those who have gone through that Dave Ramsey training and have the same outlook that Dave has when it comes to someone's financial situation. Mm -hmm. So we, we have that through our website at opfa.com. You know, you can go there and check it out. And, and we have information uh, about that. If you want to attend a financial peace university and really get kind of that deep education about all these baby steps, you can just go online to the Dave Ramsey uh, uh, website, DaveRamsey.com, and find a financial peace university near you just by putting in your zip code. Got it. 
It kind of brings me to uh, yesterday. I had a, a first appointment with a young couple. They came in and uh, had uh, just gone through some medical, a medical situation, had a little bit of time off work, had a big medical debt. Mm -hmm. And I think they were just kind of sitting back going, how do we even deal with this? We've got student loans, we've got car debt, we've got a little bit of credit card debt, and now this, this big medical uh, debt. How do, how do we even work with this? Mm. And by, by using kind of the start of the, the baby steps, it was a very easy way of giving them a sense of, here's a plan we're going to follow to get you out of this situation. We made it bite-sized. So it wasn't an overwhelming thing of, well, all you have to do is pay off this $100,000 worth of debt and then you're fine. Yeah, That's not realistic, I think, for the vast majority of people. By giving them that sense of, here's the plan, here's what you have to do in three and a half years or four years, you can have all of this taken care of. It's an easy way to help people just kind of move through that process. Mm -hmm. And get to that point of, okay, what's next? And, and how, how can I get to that next step in this process? Absolutely. It's, it's like the old saying, how do you eat an elephant, right? Mm -hmm. One bite at a time. You've got to take it one bite at a time. So uh, can you tell us what the baby steps are? Yeah, absolutely. So there's seven baby steps, and we'll just kind of walk through them one by one and, and describe them. Number one is... Really just you, you have to make a commitment to making a change in your life and realize that you have to kind of take that first step away from uh, using credit cards, using debt as a crutch mm -hmm. to finance your life. Dave Ramsey's program is really designed to have around the concept of living a debt free life. And so baby step number one is, is almost a, a triage, if you will. Mm -hmm of just trying to get $1,000 saved as your start for emergency savings. That $1,000, so if something comes up, you at least have money in the bank or, you know, at home that you can just get to and pay for, you know, new tires, your car breaks down, mm -hmm. any of those little emergencies that might crop up without falling back on using your credit cards. So that first baby step is simply, let's get $1,000 in the bank. And for some people, that's very easy. You know, maybe they have a good paying job and, and they can easily just shift $1,000 into savings uh, in a month or two. Other people, that, that could be a six month to a year long process. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we want to encourage people wherever they're at. But doing the baby step number one is a great way of just showing commitment. And it's, it's, it's a way of saying, OK, I've got baby step number one checked off my list. What's next? Yeah, absolutely. So after that, we look at putting together a plan for getting rid of this debt. And that's what I call a debt snowball. It's what Dave calls it. And it's really a great process to say, what's the plan for get, getting rid of this debt? So in the simplest terms, what we look to do is we take a look at all of your, your debt that you might have and kind of rank it according to the balance and the interest rates you're paying on it. Mm -hmm. So usually at the top of that list is, uh, you know, the credit card debt you have and, and that sort of thing. Then maybe, maybe your cars, student loans and, and medical debt mm -hmm. kind of shifted in there. And each person's situation is, is a little bit different. So yesterday I sat down with this couple and it just kind of did this for them. We just had a conversation of, OK, what are your priorities? What what galls you the most about your financial situation? What are, what are the things you want to focus on? And we 
we just kind of built this plan to say, here's the priority list that you want to focus on each of these stats. Mm. And what we do is we take the minimum payment for all of those uh, credit cards, loans, et cetera, and just say, you're going to pay the minimum payment on all of those, except for your number one priority. So let's say it's a it's a credit card with a $2,000 balance. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, we're going to put all of our focus each month on getting that paid off. Now, at minimum, we want someone to at least pay an extra $100 a month on that credit card. But if they're able to, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars $500, maybe you do a yard sale and, and put all that money onto that number mm-hmm. one debt. Maybe it's your tax return, that sort of thing. And once that's paid off, what we want you to do is take your minimum payment on that first card and begin applying it to your priority number two debt and then add all your extra income, all the um, maybe extra money you you can kind of scrounge around and find and put it on that second debt. And over time, that begins to build a snowball because what you're using for your minimum payment keeps growing on that priority debt. Mm -hmm. So. What we see is it usually takes quite some time to get those first two or three debts paid off. But once you get that, you're putting so much towards your debt each month that those lower priorities can really be taken care of pretty quickly Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. So that's that's a basics of a debt snowball. One thing I offer to uh, clients coming in is to go ahead and just build that for them and just say, okay, here's how many months this will take. We'll factor in all the interest and whatnot and just look at how long we can get them out of all that consumer debt. Now, the caveat there is is we don't really look at your mortgage payment as part of the debt snowball. Mm -hmm. While it is debt, it's a good kind of debt because it allows us to to leverage our our wealth and and buy a home that we can live in. And if you look at uh, uh, Americans and the way they build wealth, Buying a house and, and getting it paid off over time is one of the number one ways of building wealth. So we don't want to take that away from from someone. Mm-hmm. With that being said, one of the, the things that we need to focus on as we're moving through baby steps one and two, that emergency savings and the debt snowball, is getting a handle on your spending. Mm-hmm. And maybe for some people, that's really building out a very strict budget. For others, maybe it's it's a looser spending plan. I think everybody's a little bit different in what their needs are and the way they look at uh, money and their spending. But we encourage people just to find a system that works for you. And for some people, it's getting really serious about budgeting so you know where every single dollar is allocated. Mm -hmm. And for others, it might be a little bit looser where you say, I know I'm spending this much on getting my debt payments down so much. But we want to use a certain level of intensity to get that debt taken care of as soon as possible. Because really, we can't really do anything until that debt is taken care of. All right, now that that debt snowball has been rolling and it's complete, what's the next step then? Once that debt is all taken care of. Now, for somebody who owns a house, they'll still have their mortgage, obviously. Mm -hmm. But after that debt's taken care of, now we're going to lay the foundation for the future. And that's with building three to six months of emergency savings. Now, you you still have your $1,000 that you've kind of set aside, but now we want to start building up uh, just kind of the beginnings of that really large emergency savings that's going to be there so you never have to worry about going back into credit card debt Mm -hmm. 
should something come up? And I, I get the question quite often, you know, how much should we plan for? Where should we put it? Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm worried I'm not getting a high enough, enough interest rate on my emergency savings. Should I invest it? All these questions seem to pop up. And so I'll give you kind of my, my general answer here. The first thing we want to focus on is getting three months of emergency savings in the bank. I'm not really worried so much about the interest rate you're getting on that money. Mm -hmm. The reason being is we're not looking to invest this money. This money is simply there to protect you should something major happen. And it's extremely liquid. It's extremely liquid. We want we want people to be able to get to it right away. Mm -hmm. We don't want to worry about the volatility of the market there. And the way we look at it, it's not necessarily three months of income that you need to have saved, but it's really three months of living expenses. Mm -hmm. So for someone who makes, you know, $180,000 a year, it might not need to be $45,000 that they have set aside in the bank. Mm -hmm. But if they're only living on, let's say, $5,000, $15,000 would, would cover their living expenses for that three months. So we want to look at living expenses, not just what your annual salary is divided by three or six. Yeah. And then also, I think there's there's some other factors in there that, that kind of determine, do you need to go up to six months of emergency savings? What uh, is, is, are you just a, a single income earner family? In that case, having that six month buffer is probably a good thing because mm -hmm. If anything happens to that primary uh, breadwinner, you want to have that extra room in your emergency savings and that extra capacity to kind of figure out what the next step is. Mm -hmm. The other thing we really look at is, do you have guaranteed sources of income that are coming in? For instance, if you're already retired and you have pension and retirement income, you know, do you really need six months of emergency savings set aside there? It might be nice to have, but at a certain point, you might want to shift some of that savings to a more liquid investment mm -hmm. simply because you probably won't lose your Social Security, your pensions, pension income. Yeah, that makes sense. Forward. Yeah. And then the other thing we'll, we'll look at there is life insurance and disability insurance for those who are still working, because that's that's the biggest risk there, especially for someone in their working years. Disability is really the bigger risk more than life insurance. Mm -hmm. Life insurance is, is good to have, but I think people really underestimate how often a disability occurs in someone's working career. It's, we kind of discounted in our mind because it's not as devastating as the loss of a spouse or a father or mother. Mm hmm once we have that three to six months of emergency savings set aside, that's where we really want to start focusing in on saving for the future and saving for retirement. Okay. At this point, and this is where I begin meeting with quite a, quite a lot of people. I have a lot of people go through those first baby steps very quickly, or in a lot of cases, especially with folks who really had a good handle on their finances and didn't have to go through the process of getting into debt and then getting back out of debt, mm -hmm. they can go fairly quickly, just right through from emergency savings and begin saving for the future. So what we want to look at is, if possible, try to get as much money uh, set aside into tax-free accounts like a Roth IRA or Roth 401k. And we have a target of about 15% of your uh, pre-tax income 
that we want you to be focused on saving for the future. Mm-hmm. Now, oftentimes, people will, will hit the limit on how much they can put into a Roth IRA. So at that point, we'll start looking at, do they have 401ks that match? Are there other after-tax accounts that we should start using? But we really want to get in that habit of using 15% as our starting point for saving for the future. And my personal opinion is that 15% should be what your income is, not don't include anything that your company matches. So for instance, I, I, I talk to a lot of people who say, oh, I'm saving 15% for, the, for retirement, but 6% of that's coming from my company match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really encourage people, try to get up to 15% of your own money and then add the company match on top of that. It does two things. One, it accelerates how quickly you're building wealth. But more importantly, it also lowers how much income you have coming in and allows you to live on less and basically restricts how much you can you can spend each month, which is a good thing for retirement. Mm-hmm. We want to have a high income and a low cost of living. That's that's really my ideal situation for people when we look at planning for the future and we look at building wealth. Yeah, that's if good. You have a, oh, go ahead. No, that's, I said that's good math. I, I think so. I think so. I, I've seen a lot of people who make, you know, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year, but at the end of the year haven't saved a, a dollar of it. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we we all might know people like that or hear, hear stories about that where it's not really a, an income problem, but it's a spending problem. So just by lowering and deferring some of that income into a retirement plan, into a, an investment vehicle, it's a great way of making sure that you have something to show for that income at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that 15% rate is a, a starting point. It's not the end-all, be-all for how much you should be saving for the future, especially when you look at, especially for younger people, what might happen with Social Security and really the complete disappearance of pensions mm-hmm. from most private employers ac- across the country. Yeah, definitely. Royal, they've got their, they're doing their 15% and even better than that, they're doing their 15% and their company's matching. We've got that step down. What's the next step? So step number five is somewhat situational. And that's, that's really, uh, once you're saving that money for your future, it's looking at your children's future. And that's really where college savings comes into play. Obviously for, for those people who don't have kids, uh, or their kids are already out of the house, don't have to worry about college savings at all. Mm-hmm. But for those that that do, this would be the time that we want to start looking at setting aside money for, for college. And I think everyone has a different way of looking at, at how best to fund their children's college. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of clients who are taking the time with their kids to basically say, you're going to work your way through school just like I did. Because I had an experience where I had to do that, and I really appreciated that time and the education I got. Whereas others might say, I just want to make sure that my kids get out of school with no debts and no worries and can start their life on the best foot possible. Mm -hmm. There's no right or wrong answer here. The number one thing I would say is, is I never want to see a client put 
four years worth of college savings in an account that's specifically tied to education, like an ESA or a 529 plan. Uh, ESA is an educational savings account. Mm -hmm. Because if that happens, if that child decides, hey, I, I'm not going to go to school, hey, maybe, maybe I'm, I, I got a full ride scholarship, maybe instead of going to Harvard, I'm just going to go to a state school. By getting too much money in that 529, that can create its own problem. So that's why we want to use a few different uh, account types to begin saving for school. In a 529 plan for college savings, I usually don't like to see more than two years of educational expenses saved that way. Mm -hmm. And then when we get to the point of, of school, we want to spend that 529 money really early on in the educational process just to make sure it all gets spent. Yeah. All right. For those who, who don't have kids or have taken care of kind of setting aside money for college, at this point, it's really just a focus on getting your primary residence paid off. Got it. Now we're focusing on the house. Exactly. So right. this, this is where you've taken care of all your debt. You've got money in the bank. You've got money going into your 401ks, your Roth IRAs, and other accounts. College has been taken care of for your kids. Now it's time to really take care of that last piece of debt that most people have. Mm -hmm. And from a financial planning standpoint, I love to sit down across from a new client who says, we just got the house paid off, we're, we're getting ready to retire. That's an ideal situation. I'm not saying you can't retire with a mortgage. I'm just saying it's a whole lot easier if you don't have one. Absolutely, yeah. At that point, then we'll have a conversation about how much extra does to really start putting on the house and, and try to look at getting that house paid off as early as possible. Because mm -hmm. once that house is paid off, we can move into that last baby step. And that's really where we just look at building wealth and creating a legacy going forward. Once you've taken care of all those basic first six steps uh, of the plan, it's at this time that we can really start looking at you know, supporting those causes that are really important to you, building wealth to pass on to future generations, mm -hmm. and leaving that legacy there. So at that point, that, that baby step number seven, that really goes on the rest of someone's life once, they, once they've taken care of those first six steps. So that's, that's where we want to get our clients to. It's where they don't have debt, they're financially free, hopefully they have found financial peace and they don't have that worry that follows around so many Americans who are tied to this cycle of credit card payments, mm -hmm. car payments, and just kind of that fear that if something happens, everything comes crashing to a halt. Yeah, that's, that's a terrible place to be in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for my clients who have gone through this process, either through Dave Ramsey or just because it, it's a natural function of how they view money and their financial life, they really, for the most part, have a sense of well-being that they don't have those worries that most Americans have. Mm -hmm. They're living in a place where the worry about tomorrow, about making that next uh, mortgage payment or rent payment just isn't there. And it's a place where they can enjoy their life and really live, live a life that's unique to them. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're trying to get our clients to. My call to action today would be, if that's something you would like to have a conversation with, for somebody who's walked through these steps, 
with hundreds of clients, you know, go to our website at opfa.com. You can make an appointment there. Give me a call. We can totally just sit down and look at your personal situation and answer those questions. What plan am I using to reach that point of financial well-being? Earl, that sounds great to me. But I also know that we're low on time today, so we need to wrap this up. Do you have any closing thoughts? Like I said, visit our website, make an appointment. It's a very easy process to, to go through and just start making that plan for the future. Also, I encourage you, listen to the Dave Ramsey show, check out his book, uh, The Total Money Makeover. I really encourage people to, to get educated about the best way uh, of dealing with kind of budgeting money, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And I'm thinking that most of you have friends or family that should just be taking that one individual, small, single little step toward their financial freedom, toward getting their financial house in order. And this is a great way to do it. This is a great list that Royal has shared with us today. It's been proven time and time again to work for folks. So if you have questions or if you, you just want to know how easy or how difficult these steps are going to be, reach out, contact Royal in his office. Thanks again for listening. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planner Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planner Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.